We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Hey guys, welcome to Pod Strickland. I'm Drew, Schwinn's here. What up, Schwinn? What up, what up, what up, what up? And on today's episode, we have on a very, very, very special guest. He is the king of all YouTube content related to the Knicks. Uh, You may know him from Knicks Fan TV. That could be the case. I know I personally know him as the guy who hung up on me on his show a couple years (laughs) ago. And I still hold that grudge against him. And so we're gonna we're gonna hash it out right now because this has been a big problem in my life. It's a uh, CP from Nick's fan, uh, <laughs> Nick's fan TV. What up, man? Yo, what up, fellas? Drew, <laughs> wait, is this true? I didn't know this. Yeah, right? no, That's you he, he, he deserved to get hung up on though. Okay, so yeah, he so... was being no, you were being obnoxious, and your questions sucked, and <laughs> and CP was just like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Okay, hung up on you. That yeah, was so this, it. this is basically yeah. This was basically what uh what happened. So there was like a, there's obviously a Knicks game. You're doing your post game. Schwinn's on it, and so I have you guys on the background. While I'm doing some like writing late at night, and there was an inside joke between Schwinn and like our group being like Schwinn just being like, oh yeah, no, I look like the Indian Donald Glover yeah. right now. Yes. So because Alex was on too, I think. Yeah, and I was yeah, it was just like the whole crew was on, and I was just like, hey guys, I was like, you know, like. Drew from Boston or something like that, like something ridiculous. <laughs> I was just like, I have a question for the Indian Donald Glover, and you were like, yes. what? And then you just hung up. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It was just, and you, but the thing is, you repeated it like three times, and it was like, dude, the joke isn't coming off. Yeah, because just... I thought, because I thought no one was li- like hearing me. It, it, the whole thing failed, and you're just like, fuck this guy. And it was just really funny how it turned out. It was just, yeah, it just the whole thing didn't work, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, great, great Yo, story, guys. I, I remember that call to a T, but I thought it was somebody trying to come at Schwinn. So I'm like, oh, get this guy out of here. You know what I mean? No, no, it, it was just me being an idiot. And then you rightfully hung up on me because you don't need that. Uh, you don't need that nonsense on the show. You don't need that energy. 
Yeah. Oh, man, I remember that to a T, man, but all love, bro. All love, Drew, for sure. <laughs> no, I, don't, I get it. You Listen, if I'm calling, I 100% expect to be hung up on, right? Like, that's that's fair. That's fair for everyone. So, um, guys, we have a lot to talk about because since the last time we recorded, Patrick Lindix didn't play any preseason games. And they've played now three they, now. Now they played three, and they're two and one. And they didn't have a fake comeback. Like, all right, hold on. Can, can I just can can we do the DSJ thing? Because I I've been holding off on this fucking guy uh, this oh, entire we're gonna, week. We're gonna do it right now. Yeah, I'm gonna all do right. it right now. Right, because gonna, I have not. I have, you know, uh, CP and Macri and a bunch of others were like talking about before the preseason. They were just mentioning how, you know, DSJ is gonna get a shot. He's gonna get a shot. I had to read like these 20 fucking articles about how, oh, he's working with Muhammad, Muhammad Abdur Raouf. Like, he's in the lab, man. He's fucking killing it in these fucking, uh, you know, off season empty gym workouts at fucking Lifetime Fitness with like my uncle or some shit. Um, yeah, so, you know, I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't agree with this. I don't think he deserves the leash that he's getting, but let's see. Let's just see how it plays out. And, you know, I had all these guys saying this, then I had to hear fucking Alex in our Slack talk about how DSJ deserves another chance, and he had a tough year, and I know he had a really tough year last year. No, I'm not trying to minimize that. But, you know, it's a full year, and unfortunately, you know, this is life. Like, that's just part of the gig. It sucks. I I don't know what to say to that. Um, I'm sympathetic, but it's part of it. But anyway, you know, I come in, I'm like, all right, I'm going to give this guy a chance. Let's just, like, look. Like, I, I was never his biggest fan, but he at least looked like an NBA player at a point in his career, right? Like, we can all agree on that. I think that's fair to say. Um, yes. Okay, so he comes in, and I have seen absolutely nothing from this guy in three games that gives me any goddamn belief that we should have... Like, I think it's a complete waste of fucking time to keep rolling him out there at point guard. I think it's a waste of time for not just him. I think it's... And this is my issue with it, because when you're talking about a point guard, this is not like a guy who is a rookie and is struggling to, you know, just kind of like figure his... No, no. This is a fourth-year guy who, through three fucking preseason games, playing second-string bums and G-leaguers, he can't even get the team into a half-court set. He couldn't do it. He could not do it. And you know when he magically started doing it last night in third game? Or And you know, the only two times he's done it, actually, in preseason. I'll tell you exactly what it was. The first game, when he played all his minutes with Frank, and the second game, when he played un- until he actually didn't do it until he played with quickly in the second half. Yep. And that's it. He is a fucking trash can. He's a waste of time. They got to get him off the floor. They got to either if you're going to have him on the floor, he has to be on with Frank or quickly. I don't care yeah. who it is. He's got to be on with one of those guys. He is it is such a it's I don't even understand it and I'm sick and tired of the fucking kid gloves for the, oh, he's trying on defense. Ooh, he ooh, he's not going to play Matt Mooney for 82 fucking games this season. It's not going to happen. He's going to play actual NBA players. Like like it, look, let's just I'm going to throw out a random backup Ishmith. OK, Ishmith is not like, you know, as much as Clyde loves him. Bless you, Clyde. Clyde was in great form last night. Um, <laughs> Clyde was hilarious last yeah. night. We'll yeah, get to Clyde, that Clyde was on his bag last night for sure. Yeah, he was in his bag. <laughs> he was happy I'm, to be I'm, back. I'm in my bag right now. Uh, and 
And so, like, Ishmith, okay? Solid, whatever, you know, not a big deal. Just your average run-of-the-mill backup point guard. You know, maybe even you say a low-end backup point guard. Do you really think Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be able to, like, pressure him into five steals? No, it's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. And this is the problem. You're talking about, like, I saw in Macri's newsletter today, he was he was like, oh, well, you know, maybe they can use DSJ as an off guard. Wait, what? Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait. You, I was told, I was told that Dennis Smith Jr. had the highest upside as a lead ball handler. And now we're babying him. Because, like, the reason he got a shot was because he had this mythical upside, which I've never understood. He had this mythical upside of, like, oh, he can be this fucking awesome high-usage ball handler. Now you're telling me the sell that I need to have on him is that 6'2 Dennis Smith Jr. can pair with 6'3 Emmanuel quickly, and, like, that, and he's going to play off of quickly? Like, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm done with this. This is such stupid experiment. He has not looked like an NBA player since... I don't even know when. I like when he got hurt after the trade in New York. So like whenever the last game he played after the trade in New York was, that was the last time he resembled a quality NBA player and randomly in the Dallas game last year. That's about it. Since then, he has not looked like an NBA player. He hasn't he didn't carry himself like an NBA player last year and I understand a lot of shit going on. And this year, he's got a new chance and I see this bozo, he gets trapped. What does he do? What did he do? He dribbled into the backcourt. He, he ran into the backcourt. <laughs> he ran into After the After I saw that, I was like, all right, this is it. That's then, it's it's it. And it's like, and you know what's funny? And, I'll, and you guys, I, I think I've said enough here. But uh, the funny thing is, yesterday, Begley had something on his, um, on his, you know, uh, the putback, right, the show that he has. Uh, and he said something like, you know, he had heard earlier in the month that when Rivers comes back, Frank would be the one to go out of the rotation. The thing I found very interesting about that, though, is he said what he had heard earlier in the month. And that is what I always felt is that, like, you know, whatever they thought of DSJ and quickly and Frank and whoever the hell that, like, I don't think any of this shit, even now, I don't think after preseason, I don't think anything is set in stone. I don't think any of the, especially the guard stuff. I don't think any of the point guard stuff and maybe a lot of the two guard minutes, too. I don't think any of that is set in stone. I think guys are going to get chances, and I think it's up to them to grab those chances. And all I know is Dennis Smith Jr., for two years in a row, has been gifted an opportunity, and he's pissed it away. And you see a guy, like, forget Frank, all right, because people are just going to be like, you love Frank. I do love Frank, but forget Frank. You see a guy, like, quickly yesterday. You cannot tell me, like, I'm sorry, but that that was such a perfect, like, Look mm-hmm. at the contrast. Mm-hmm. Just look at the contrast. And it's not about like, you know, uh, like I'm like it's not like quickly was out there like looking like Magic Johnson or something, Simple right? Competence at the point yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. It was just like he was just telling guys where to go. That's it. Mm-hmm. That was it. And all of a sudden, you've got like you know guys moving around. Mitch knows exactly where to go to set screens. The ball swinging around. Like I'm saying, like, look, man, I, I, I my standard here for DSJ wasn't even that high. And it's like the guy somehow disappointed me on that. So I don't know about where you guys are with it. I'm about done with the DSJ thing. I think it's like totally detrimental. Like I was telling Drew this, Drew, you could, you, I, how many times did I say in Slack that like, I was like, look, like Knox looks like shit, but I don't really know what to do with it when he's playing all of his minutes with DSJ. That's That's what I said. That's all you would say. And then I 
doubled down and I said Knox should be off the team too. But yeah, that's a different and, discussion. And what ha- and what happened last night? I'm not, he, I, looked look, like, maybe, he looked like Kevin Durant last night. Yeah, maybe maybe it's a, <laughs> maybe it's a complete fluke. I don't know. I'm just saying like like you like Obi Toppin, man. This guy in the first game, right? And I'm not saying like Frank was doing anything. He wasn't doing anything amazing. But it's no. like Frank's on the floor with DSJ, and you can just kind of see like the offense. There's like more guys know a better idea of where to be, right? Like, oh, okay, they're like functioning a little bit better. Like, Obi, the, the second game, right? Frank plays no minutes with DSJ, quickly plays no minutes with DSJ. And Obi is just like nowhere to be found. And everybody on Twitter is like, oh, he's a bust. Why didn't we take fucking this guy? That What happened to yeah, Like, it's just like, I'm telling you, like, this guy, it, you cannot have a, a dude that's this far behind the curve in year four running your point guard minutes at all. Like, it's such a detriment to the development of Kevin Knox of Obi Toppin, of Mitchell Robinson, if he's going to be coming off the bench, like, quickly. Like, it's it's just a total disservice to those guys if you're going to put DSJ out there in the kind of, like, mental space that he's in. Because, you know, once the regular season starts, like, I know Tibbs has been, like, good about giving them leash, and, like, you know, when guys fuck up, he's not immediately pulling them out. You, like, I'm telling you, man, those regular season games start, he is not going to be, like, putting his arm around DSJ and like kissing him on the cheek and what, like none of that's happening. Right. It's just going to be like, you know, ice, you know, ice, get the fuck out of the game. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like that's it. I, I'm, I'm done. CP, the floor's yours. I mean, look, I, I would say this. Um, it was out there in the off season. You know, they, they said that Tibbs was high on him back from the draft. As you said, Macri had, you know, put stuff out there that, uh, you know, he's been improving and, and that they were high on him. I had heard that, you know, they were going to give him a look at the point that Peyton yeah. and DSA were going to get the looks at the point and, and Frank, not so much. And so, you know, my expectations for him wasn't that high, but I just felt like because the point guard situation was so shitty, you know what Peyton is going to give you. Mm-hmm. I don't see it with Frank alone. I just yeah, said I, rip the rip the band-aid I agree, off. And I, I agree with you on that. I yeah, agree with you on that. Rip the band-aid sure. off and, and see. If if he's made progress, let's put him out there, put him to the test. First game, uh, you know, it, it's just so funny that his defense is now <laughs> more ahead <laughs> of his offense. It makes no know. sense. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Look, yeah, look, as you said, he, he's he's not gonna be a shutdown guy. Might not even get after Ish Smith. Maybe the bar set low, but you know what? The, the defensive intensity, defensive effort was there. Hasn't bailed or quit on plays like he did last year. Offensively, it's 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 a mess. Second game, he was a train wreck. Yesterday, I, I think yesterday in the first game, he had some decent moments. Um, you know, the, the awareness and the shot selection, questionable at best. Thought he had a couple good assists. He's not getting into the paint as much, you know. And, and that's when he said he, he's, he's not getting them into their half-court sets um, fast enough. And when you get this team stuck into the half-court, they're dead. You know, they were 30th in half-court offense last year. This team has to get out and run, you know, whether and, and it's, it's a transition it's, off of rebounds or, or whatever. Yeah, and, and it's not just like – it's not just that they're not it, – it's not even – like they're, they're not moving in the half-court. Like yeah. they – and it's, mm-hmm. it's, all, it. it's all so – slow like it feels Mm -hmm. like like yesterday there was actually one play and this is the one that like really bothered me because he got a steal right he gets a steal good play he's got a chance to go i think he had had numbers clyde even said on the telegate he's like he's like he's like you've got numbers you got to push it and he just kind of like 
brings it up to the wing and then just stops mm-hmm. and like waits for everybody. And it's like, dude, like that's that is that has to be your thing, right? Like that has to be your thing because like if that's Frank, then I'm like, okay, because I, I I know how Frank's brain works. I'm like, oh no, Frank's brain is oh now is the time for us to run a perfect set for like you know fucking Kevin Knox to get a shot off floppy or something, right? Like, that's how his brain works. <laughs> the entire cell for DSJ is like, he gets that opportunity and he can just get to the, he can just get you to the rim, right? Get to the rim. Yeah, and, and then the other stuff that I was noticing too, and I don't know what your, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on the CP and you too, Drew. Um, so like, they were running, so like, in I, people were saying like, I've seen a lot of stuff where people are like, oh, the Tibbs doesn't understand modern spacing and stuff like that. And, um, you know, like, look, I understand that take when you get to, like, the starting lineup for sure, mm-hmm. um, which I think mm-hmm. is a little bit more about, like, there's weird political stuff going on there. Sure, um, sure. But, like, with the bench unit, with DSJ, I'm like, bro, like, they're just running, like, straight up spread pick and roll for him. Yeah. Like, they, they're yeah. running spread pick and roll for him. And the, the, he can't, he could not get to the rim and create yeah. a shot for Mitch. And he could not. And, and when he ran it with Obi, they were actually, I think, and I think this is this must have been a kind of like instruction because Obi we know is like a great dive guy, right? Like he's a really good role man. Mm-hmm. And he was only popping. He was only popping when he ran it with DSJ. And I just, I think because they were like, you know, hopefully we can like get him open and get DSJ a chance to go downhill. And I think they want Obi to work on like pick and pop, just kind of like fundamentals and get a get a feel for that. But like I'm just looking at that and I'm like Look, man, like you can blame a lot of stuff on Tibbs if you want, I guess, already three games in the preseason if you really want to. But like the DS, like the spacing thing, and like none of that is a problem for DSJ because they are just like, when I'm watching that, I'm like, yo, you've got two corner shooters. You got like one guy on the opposite break on the, above the wing or above the break on the wing. And then you got, you know, Mitch coming up to set you a screen or something like that. Or like they would clear out the side and let him and Obi run two man game. And it's like, if you can't do anything there, then I I don't I, I can't know what to do. And I think Drew, weren't you saying? I don't know. Weren't wasn't weren't you saying something about like how he was talking to like Johnny Bryan about like traps and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So uh, there was a quote from either someone. It was somewhere on Twitter. It was reported somewhere. I don't have the exact thing it was, but it was just like after the trap, like the game. I think it was the Detroit game. It was game two. It was, it was game, game two, two right? He was <laughs> making the adjustments with Johnny. Yeah, he was Bryan. like, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like. And I'm thinking to myself, like, have either, have either of you guys played high school basketball? Yeah. Right, I mean, know, I played in like, you know, freshman, freshman. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But anyway, <laughs> but like, right, so, you know, when like you're playing the team, I was always on the receiving end of this because our teams always sucked and I was never like that good with the handle. But, you know, like a couple of sessions in the game, you see their point guard bring it up and you're just like, oh, this guy has no, sh-, like has no handle and they just press him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they're doing with Dennis Smith, right? They're yeah. just like, oh, he can't, it's like, he can't do anything. So we're just going to press him. And it, to me, I'm just like, these are high school fundamentals. The idea of like, how do you beat a, like, how do you beat a press? And they're not even like pressing him full court. They're doing like basic half court stuff where they're pressing. And it's like, this is, that's like, that's like the easiest stuff to get out of. It's like, even my like lame ass can get out of this. Obviously not against NBA players, but like, and then he's going to Johnny Bryant talking about basics. It's like, you should, this should have been learned. Like this should have been, like this should be known already especially like year four now as an nba player and just like you're you're doing high school like sophomore fundamentals i'm i'm not about that life man i don't have patience for that 
Yeah, I, I just think, you know, he's just a step too slow out there. I, I don't really have an issue outside of the starting five um, with the spacing or, or what Tibbs is running out there. Um, defensively, I, I really don't have much of an issue right now, even though it's preseason. Um, I just think he, he's running out of time, man. Like Schwinney said, it, it's it's a waste of time at this point. With Rivers coming back, mm-hmm. I don't see, you know, yeah, Frank could be in jeopardy, but I'd like to see Rivers and Frank in a backcourt. Mm-hmm. With Kev, if they're gonna run Obi off the bench, Obi and either Mitch or Noel, um, you you still have Burks, who I think has to start. You know, I don't know what you guys think, but I think yeah, no, Burks Bur- has to start. Yeah, Burks has to start because he's the only guy who can make a shot and play yeah. off ball and do all these things. Start, 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 or like I don't even. I'm not even thinking about this team anymore in terms of like starting versus bench. I'm just thinking about like who do I want to play, <laughs> and so like yeah, Very. like if if Burks starts, like that's. I'm totally fine with that. Like I, that, that works. Um, you know, I, I just like, like my thing with, with Frank, and this is just like based on what he said and what Frank has said, and just kind of like looking at how, you know, he's ran his teams in Chicago and Minnesota, like, and, and what Berman, like Berman said, and what you guys said, like, I don't think it's so much like he doesn't see any role for Frank. I think it's more like, he's just like, look for me, I, I just don't see you as like, my quote unquote true point guard. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I, and like, that's the, that's why I I think I tweeted this out uh, last week or whatever. And I, we talked about this in the podcast last week, but like, I just think he views him as like a Kirk Heinrich. Like you can do on ball stuff, but Mm -hmm. like, I'm not really considering you a point guard, you know, quote unquote, however you want to like, he's a combo, right? Like I think, I think, and I think with quickly, I think he thinks quickly as a combo, but he's like, Okay, but I want to see. I I want to I want to give you some point guard reps here because when quickly came in with Frank, I think was that in game two, um, yeah. like mm-hmm. it was funny. So like they had one possession together, and then like the, the Detroit came down the next time, and uh, they 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 were at, they got fouled. So they're at the free throw line, and he calls Frank over, tells him something, and then Frank goes over to like quickly, and then from that point on, quickly ran point. So like I think that he just wants to see like hey look like i don't really think and look man let's be real we got we should probably talk about this too but like man the league might just be like yo alfred Payton, we don't need to defend this loser at all <laughs> like they might just be like that and i think he's seeing this and he's like you know what like i might as well just see what this kid you know yeah. and you know who knows kenny Payne's probably telling him like you know hey man you should have seen this kid in practice last year <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like that, the Alfred thing is actually. I'm like really. Look, it's it, it's three games in preseason, but like this is two games in a row in preseason now, and we're not playing Murderer's Row here, right? We play no. the Pistons and we play the Cavs, and two games in a row where teams are just like, we're just not going to defend you. Like we don't need to defend you until you're five feet from five feet from the rim, and we're not going to defend you. And like Prez mentioned this in our Slack too, but he was saying like, you know. We've seen teams in the playoffs kind of adapt these really extreme kind of like tactics, like player specific kind of things. Mm-hmm. And it might be something where like, I, I, I don't know what you think, CP, but like it might be something now where like coaches are just like more willing to try out this stuff in regular season and normal ball. And if that's the case, man, like Alfred, all right, man, it's been nice knowing you. 
Yeah, you, you've seen it a lot earlier, but I love it, bro. Expose him. Expose him early. <laughs> of course, tips. Yo, I said this on the show last night. Expose them early, bro. I need this change. We need Alfred out of there. Tib, they got to force Tibbs' hand. You know what I mean? Because it, it's just not going to work. And I'm not worried about Peyton, bro. You, you can put Peyton on ice for two weeks. Let the kids have their say. And if you need to go back to him, he'll still give you the same production that he gave you the last time. You're not missing anything from him. You know what I mean? You're not going to lose that much less games with Peyton as your starter as opposed to throwing quickly out there or something. But they have to, um, again, they have to factor in RJ, ultimately yeah. factor in Obi mm-hmm. once they clear out the politics with Julius. But you got to get these kids off to a good start. You know what I mean? And, and like I said, quickly just showing the competence of, of running the point last night, um, you know, drawing those defenders in, attacking the closeouts, you know, quarterback and two plays ahead it was just refreshing to see bro so i i think they really have to um run that experiment a lot longer i'd like to see him in a lineup with rj burks if he again they're gonna keep randall in the starting five fine give me quickly rj burks um quickly rj burks randall you're gonna run noel okay fine and then you know you bring in rivers frank Knox, Ob, Mitch off the bench. I, I like that ten right there. Yeah, yeah. that's that's that, that is that, yeah, and it's like and like again, like I said, like the starting versus bench stuff, like it it doesn't even bother me as much right now, as much as like I think that needs to be the ten and like prefer like I mean if I'm being if all my cards are on the table here, I would love if Randall was out of that ten, um, but that's not going to happen as long as he's no. here. Uh, but like yeah, I mean I think. And look, this is the this is the other part of the DSJ thing. And I, I mean, I'm 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 trying very hard not to overreact to preseason, um, which is why I have not been tweeting too much during games or after games, aside from shitting on Julius Randle. Um, <laughs> he deserves it. He's earned every bit of that. Uh, but uh, like the thing with I'm noticing with RJ is last year he I mean it's pre- it's kind of amazing like his handle was so whack last year mm-hmm. and he was still able to get to the rim constantly, right? Like he was still able to drive constantly, which is just like a testament to kind of how much of a bull he is. Like you just can't really stop that guy cause he's so strong. But this year I am like from what we've seen again, it's just preseason. It's not exactly like we've been playing murderers or all that, but when he drives, it just feels like, He's got a way better bearing for where his reads are, and he has a plan. It just looks like he has mm-hmm. more yep. of a plan. The plan might not be good, but when he drives, I know I can tell that he like has a plan. And he's made a couple of plays late in shot clocks mm-hmm. where nothing is happening, and he just has to create something that I know for a fact he could not have done last year. And, you know, like... Is quickly a point guard? Is Frank a point guard? Nah, I don't think. Maybe they're not. I don't. I don't think they are. Like as much as right. nice as it was to see the stuff with quickly yesterday. Like I'm very skeptical that he is again. Yeah, a I point agree. guard. Yeah, but like, but like you said, like if you have Burks in a starting lineup and you have quickly, like you just kind of like live with those two giving you enough playmaking that you can just be like RJ. You are the primary guy in this lineup and you know give him that responsibility to some degree um like burks is a vet so like 
on the nights when RJ's super struggling or whatever, he can kind of pick up the slack and, you know, step up there. But I just think like they have to do it because, you know, like, like, I mean, man, you look around the league, like look at the best teams. They all have these wings that can like create. Right. Yep. And RJ is like, he's so far away from that. I'm not saying he's Luca or like Kawhi or fucking any of these guys. Right. I'm not saying that, but he is showing you flashes of like, I could be in a year, two years, three years. I'm in that vein of player. I'm that type of wing. Like, let him stretch it out. Let's see what he can do within reason. And, you know, like, again, along the way, when you need somebody else to pick up usage, that's when you. That's why you have a Burks. That's why you have an Austin Rivers, right? Like, that's why you have those guys, in my opinion, uh, this season is like, you know, when RJ or whatever, the quickly Frank, when these younger cards are struggling, you have these two vets. They're not great, but they can get you a shot. You know, they can just create you something when you absolutely need to have something. So I don't know. I, I just, but what I'm saying from RJ, man, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very, uh, I'm very happy about what I've seen from him so far. Can we, uh, can we just quickly go back to Peyton real quick? If I have to watch the Knicks, Try to beat a two-three zone with Alfred Payton and Julius Randle <laughs> for the rest of the season. Like, Expose them! I love. Holy it. shit! I'm going it. to lose my goddamn mind because as much as I hate zone, like zone is for cowards, right? Like it's it's coward basketball. It's like tee up your man. The only thing worse than a zone is consistently getting beat by a zone and like flummoxed by it. Yeah. And that's what the Knicks are doing right now, right? Like they they can't figure it out because. You don't need to guard Peyton. You don't need to guard Dennis Smith Jr. You don't need right? to guard Reggie Bullock, apparently, either. Yeah, you don't need to guard Reggie Bullock. <laughs> yeah, right? So it's just like, okay, so you don't need to guard the lead ball handler, <laughs> right? You don't need to guard him. They're a three-point shooter. You don't need to guard because he's not a three-point shooter. And then you don't need to worry about Julius Randle in the middle because he just, you know, he's a turnover machine. So it's like... He's going to give you the ball anyway. Yeah, he's right. It's just like, <laughs> they can't... Like, that lineup is actually they can't beat a 2-3 zone. And it's like, I, I can't. Like, I can't watch. If if the Cavaliers run another goddamn 2-3 zone in the preseason and the Knicks can't, like, break it <laughs> in, like, so three possessions, annoying. I'm going to lose my hand, mind. Force the hand, man. Force the hand. Was that, wait, wait, when did when did Peyton shoot that step back three? Was that oh, last God. Third quarter, yeah, yeah third that... quarter. <laughs> I was laughing, dude. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, this cannot be, like, this isn't real life, right? Yeah, CP, what do you think about Bullock, man? You worried? Um, yeah, he hasn't. He, he started off last night fairly well, and then he tapered off into the trash can. You know, I thought, uh, but I did think Tibbs was was going to give him an, a look early in the preseason, and, mm. and he's gotten a lot of playing time. Um, I don't know. To me, again, he's another guy I think they're kind of wasting time on. If he's going to play like that, I'd rather just give Knox the minutes. And again, if, if you have to go back to him, you you know what you're going to get from him. You know what you're going to get from Peyton. I, you know, I don't think these guys are, are going to be needed um, this campaign. You know, but, you know, Bullock has done his days, man. I, I'm just not sure. He's just not the same guy that he was like two, three years ago. Well, he had that like weird nerve injury, right? Yeah, That's why the Knicks got him on that. Yeah. And like, I've kind of like, I was looking into it today because even last year, like, and so, I mean, I'd have to look into the what, because do you remember Bargnani before he came to the Knicks? He had, he actually was a good three point shooter at one point in his yeah. life. Right. And he had some <laughs> like weird, he also had some weird nerve thing go on with his elbow. 
And I don't know what that injury was, but I was looking at Bullock's today, and he had some nerve thing. It was like a spinal column, but it impacts like whatever. I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend like I am. But if you look at his numbers from last year, like he didn't shoot the ball well. He didn't he shoot the ball from didn't. three well, but he did shoot the ball well from long two, I think. Let me just look this up real quick. Um, yeah, so like. Yeah, so his long two last year, 41%. That's a really good long two percentage, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He's 33.3 from three last year. Yeah. Okay, And he didn't play a shit ton of minutes. He played just under 700 minutes, 684 to be exact. But um, the reason I bring this up is even yesterday, like you said, he got off to a good start. Did you, did you see what shots he made? He made he made two long twos. Yeah, yeah. He was all he made two just, long twos. Yeah, and I I just wonder. And I remember when Bargnani was on the Knicks, right? Like that first year when he got here. Like I remember his long twos were like he was good from long two. I think he was actually like one of the best in the league from long two. But he could not shoot from three. He could not shoot from three. And I'm just wondering. I don't. Again, I I got. I'll once I shut up, I'll look this up. But I just wonder if like. You know, if he had the same injury, or if he had like some spinal issue, if there's just something you lose from that dis, like if that that distance is just too far to kind of like shoot it the same yeah. way. Yeah, and you never so know. yeah, never know. Yeah. Bargnani was okay, so he has his elbow thing right, and the three seasons before he has the elbow thing, he shoots forty one percent from three, thirty seven percent from three. And 35% from three. So whatever, let's just call that about 37% over three years. After that, he shoots 20, 30% from three, 31% from three. Then he gets traded to New York, and he's 28% from three. But his long two is great throughout all this, okay? He's 40, he's 42 and a half. He shot 49%, 49% on long two in New York. So I'm just wondering if like that what, that nerve thing is just I, I worry about Bullock. I mean it's not that big a deal because it's like you know 4.2 million for this year and then he's done. But it's just you know you you hate to see that for anybody. Yeah, for sure. I mean it's just, shit. I would love to have the guy that shot 45 percent three <laughs> back in like 2017. That's the guy I've been looking yeah, no. for. That you guy, know what that I mean? guy's good. That, that guy was fucking pretty nasty. <laughs> but um, yeah, you never know. You, you never know. That neck injury could um have some bearing on it, but. Again, you know, with Burks here, with Rivers coming back, you know, if they're going to go more three-guard lineups, if Knox gets some more run, you know, at the three, I think Bullock's time could could be impacted as well. But that's all on Kev, man. That's all on Kev. Like, you know, we talked about Kev earlier. Kev has is, is yet to put two good games back-to-back, you know, two good games together, you know. Two good quarters. Quarter, two good quarters. <laughs> you know what I mean? So let, let's just see what Kev has in store on, on Friday. CP, do you want to know the uh, the take that I'm running with right now? That's looking really bad because of how good uh, Knox looked last night in the fourth quarter. Uh, I'm like, we should just give up on him and just give all the minutes to uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Oh my god, <laughs> you're going all the way New York bricks on us, man. We, oh my god, kill, kill. I just yeah, this is the logic is just basically Kevin Knox provides you nothing on offense and nothing on defense. And Michael K. Gilchrist has historically, and like the, all the numbers bear out, like has been a very positive impact defender. So at least I know that he is going to, at minimum, play very good defense. And we know he can't shoot. Like that's a given, but like he can do other things on offense too. And I just think there's more value for everyone else on the team, especially like the more, like I would say, 
quote unquote important younger players to play with someone who actually knows what they're doing instead of Knox, where you actually have no idea what no, you're getting. I have an idea. I have an idea. The idea is don't play him with fucking Dennis Smith Jr. Can't play well, him with these terrible point guards. Okay, well, that's, that's what well, that, last year's book. Yeah, so I think that's what we're actually seeing is just the fact that quickly looked like Ish Smith last night, right? Like, yeah. uh, I got, I'm going to pull up the numbers again because these numbers with him uh, keep talking, keep talking. Right, no, no, I'm saying it's just like just basic competence from quickly who probably isn't really a point guard. It's yeah. just like then Kevin Knox looked like the greatest player ever. Because, yeah. like, he's just whipping passes across, you know, like, those those dimes to RJ. I'm like, outlets. I'm like, who yeah. is I'm this like, kid? Who, who is this kid? He's just draining threes <laughs> like there's nothing. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like, I was like, this player is legit. But, like, are we going to see it consistently? And if it really is a basic point guard situation, right, that is one of those things where it's like you really can't play, like, Peyton and Smith because you're actually really hurting a player like Kevin Knox who could actually apparently – give you rebounding value and transition value yeah. and all these sort of things. And it's just like, you have to then be like, you can't play. It's just like, you're hurting everyone else. Cause if we can sit here and be like, they played the Cavs G leaguers with a bunch of, you know, random created players from 2k, which it really was the case for them. But like the Knicks players did what they were supposed to do. And they like destroyed them like 31 to seven in right. 10 minutes. So it's just like, the Knicks did what they were supposed to do, and they all did it like without the quote-unquote point guards on this team. And I think that says a lot about them. But go ahead. What are the numbers? Okay. So this is this is just last year, regular season. Okay. Kevin Knox with Dennis Smith Jr. on the floor. Okay. Kevin Knox, 42.7 EFG, 44 true shooting, 18 usage. Uh, the team scored a, a, an amazing... Uh, <laughs> 0.885 points per possession. Oh Jesus Christ. And they gave up they gave up an even more incredible 1.127 points per possession. <laughs> this is in this is in 300 minutes. Not a huge sample, but not not like a totally garbage nothing. Yes, yeah, it's fun. not it's not like a, a one okay. lineup that we kept promoting that one was it last yeah. year? How much with Peyton? No, 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 no. I, he played most of his minutes with Frank, right? So I'm going to do right. I'll do the Frank ones next. All right, yeah. with Frank, he is at 44.7 EFG, 48 true shooting, not good, better, 48 and a half true shooting, and 18.6 usage. The team now 106.6 points per possession, or 1.06 points, 106, 1.06 points per possession. Uh, they gave up also 1.06 points per possession. Um, massive difference, right? He goes from difference. being. He goes from being this massive, horrible negative to just being like a net neutral. Okay, now let's do with Peyton. Let's see what this looks like. With Peyton, he shoots. Uh, again, 48 true shooting, but on 15 usage because Alfred Payton doesn't pass anybody the Julius Randle the ball. Uh, the team is 107 or 1.07 uh, points per possession, and they gave up 1.12 points per possession. So. Like, he basically is somewhere between just, he's like a tire fire with Dennis Smith Jr. Just can't do anything. Then when he plays with, like, Nilakina, who, who you know, how, whatever you think of him, let's just say, not a point guard, but just, like, can kind of play point sometimes, right? Plays with Nilakina, they're, like, okay. Then he plays with Alfred, they're bad, but they're, like, you know, less bad than they were Dennis. It's just, like... That I I've I brought this up so many times, but it's like when I saw those splits when I was just looking at random shit last year, I was like, damn. So 
Kevin Knox goes from being like literally the worst player in the NBA with Dennis Smith Jr. to just like somewhere between, you know, okay to bad, like normal bad, not just not like horrific bad, but like, okay, second year player bad. And it's like, when I just like, I just think that like that, (laughs) there's no, you can't give a kid that needs, like we knew that Kevin, when he got drafted, he needed like structure and he needed time and patience. You can't throw him to the wolves and just be like, yeah, yo, figure it out with Dennis. Cause he's just out there. Like <laughs> yeah, so, so much for play development. <laughs> yeah, like just, right. And I just, you know, I, I, I think Tibbs he's doing, I think he's doing a lot of like service to a lot of different things going on. I, I just, I cannot see him sticking with this Dennis shit very much longer. Just cause of like stuff like this. Like, I mean, I mean, you saw last night, like all of a sudden Dennis is out of the game you got Kevin Knox grabbing rebounds and throwing full court outlets. To <laughs> Kevin, he threw it to Kevin Love real quick. Yeah. I don't think, Yo, what yeah. the hell's going on? When he threw that pass, I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it wasn't just it wasn't like if he passed that like turned out. It was like a perfect dime too. Yeah. And I'm like, "What was that?" I was like, "I haven't <laughs> seen a Knicks player do that like ever." <sighs> yeah, no, I, I agree, man. I think you know with with Kev, obviously part of it is is in between the ears and and how much you know what he brings on a quarter-to-quarter, game-by-game basis, but definitely the point guard play, man. Definitely but you, you've you always guard. been pretty, like, you, you've been, like, a, a Knox supporter, right? Like, like you've, like, kind of been with him through this? Yeah, I, yeah I just think he, he needs time. And like I said, uh, like you said, you know, the, the situation has had just hasn't been ideal. Um, That second unit that he was out there with, with Frank, I think it was him, Frank Portis, maybe Dotson, and Mitch. Yeah, and it was it was like either Dotson or Wayne. It was just one of those. Two. Yeah, yeah, one of those. But they actually yeah, had yeah. spacing and like. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, and it wasn't too terrible. You know, this kid's not a shot creator. He he has no shot creation skills whatsoever. So, um, again, the the little that quickly did to bring a spark, finding Kevin rhythm. You know, just getting in proper in, in proper position. Um, I think that goes a long way, man. We we just need so much talent uh, from the guard position. Um, you know, it, it's just gonna you know, radiate to, to, to these guys on the fringe, like, like a Kev or a Frank. I mean, yeah. do we, re- do we really need that much talent at the point guard, right? Like rookie point guard Emmanuel quickly made everyone look like all stars. Like I'm, pretty- I mean, you do, I mean, we're playing bums, but like the, it, the thing for me with quickly and like, it, this just stood out. I think anytime he's just like, even when he's on the bench, actually, but like he just brings, he does not, he is like bringing this genuine, joy like genuine energy and joy and just like positive vibes to everything he's doing he's playing with like a freedom that i don't think like like you watch frank and you watch kevin and it's like it looks like they're playing with the fucking weight of the world on their shoulders right Mm -hmm. like like there's been like no like it's just been constant for like their entire time in new york is just this fucking like shit show and fucking the organization doesn't believe in them and they don't have a plan for them. And it's like, then you just get a kid like quickly. And it's like, look, I think there really is a better vibe around the team right now, but like he hasn't been around the Knicks, right? Like he's just coming from Kentucky. And I just think like, he's got this personality about him. And Cal talked about that too. Cal's like, he like, I mean, and I know Cal always gasses up his guys, but he was like, you know, he could not stop talking about like, 
he's the captain and everything he brings and he's a great and all this stuff. And it's like, and most of the time, you know, that's bogus, but then you like, you're watching him and just the way he plays. And it's like, he's just got this like really positive energy. And I think like when he's on the floor, guys can feel that. And he's vocal. He's always like talking and like pumping himself up and jacking up teammates and just like, like letting guys know what the fuck is going on. And like, I just think that stuff is so important. Like we had Han on, you know, whatever it was a month ago. And I, like we talked about that with like Rashid, cause she's like, that was his thing. He was always talking when he's on the court. Yeah. He's always talking when he's on the court. And it's like, you would like, I'm watching the Knicks for like the last, you know, goddamn how many years. And it's like five mutes right. on the court. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like five guys. Like I remember Mellows last year in New York, and I get there was all this stuff going on with him. But it's like you're watching a guy who's playing with like, oh, he's like, woe is me. I'm carrying this burden of like Phil Jackson and the organ. And I understand all that, but it's like that stuff transmits, and like I think it matters. And the Knicks really needed. I think they just need a kid like that. Like they need energy like that, where it's just like this positive. And like Austin Rivers. Like, I don't think he's this great dude or any, like, great player or something like that. But, like, they need a guy who's coming in. And it's not like this bullshit, like, we're dogs and we're going to, like, bring back 90s vibes to the garden. And, like, it's none of that, like. Just play generic. with an edge. Yeah. Play with an edge. Mm-hmm. Play with an edge. Yeah. Play with just, like, you know, like, I don't even, like, edge and just, just like, have fun. Because it's, it is supposed to be fun. Like, it is supposed to actually be yeah. a fun thing to play basketball. I think the one thing with quickly though that's that's different than Frank, Kev, and, and Peyton is that like he has a skill that you have to respect. Mm-hmm. And like with those guys, they, they don't respect those guys. And that, that was always my issue with the with the point guards, whether it's Frank, DSA, Peyton, there, there's nothing that you fear in any of them that, that you actually have to respect. With quickly, it's the shot. And we'll see, you know, the scouting report's gonna be out on them. We'll see how teams adjust. But you just see how much teams um, you know, considered his shot making skills and how much that opened things up for him to put the ball on the floor, showed you a quick first step, you know what I mean? And then can can really make plays from there. He threw a couple of alleys, nice alleys to Mitch, couple to Obi. Again, like I said, he found Kev, found DSJ for a little stop and pop three. Um, so I think that's the thing with quickly that that kind of could separate him from these guys. And that's why I want to see them give him a longer look at at the one. Yeah, me too, especially when we can, like, the Knicks can actually pair them with other guys who can yeah. also, like, pass and run an offense. And yeah, one thing that's really going to be... Point guard by committee, you know? Right, and I think that's actually can sort of work in New York because, I, I this of course, this is obviously going to sound like an overreaction because there's only three preseason games in, but I think Obi's a legitimate passer. He and, is. Right, he is. like, I think he's a legitimate passer, and if that's the case, like, you have... If you do like quickly, Frank, RJ, Obi, just like those four guys, like they can pass. And if you have four legitimate guys who can like pass and not just like, you know, do flashy assists, but like make the correct swing and all these sort of things, like I, I think that's going to open up so much for everyone on offense. And it just kind of ch- makes it more of like a team identity where everyone like chips in. And that's going to be huge for the Knicks because like I know people will be like, Randall gets assists, but like, Obi Toppin is a significantly better passer. Fuck Randall, man. Than uh, Julius Randall. <laughs> Yo, Randall, fuck that guy. You I mean, don't give a shit how many. You mean, my, you mean like, my best friend Julius Randall? I don't give a fuck. The right, greatest, the, the greatest are, are cutter of all time. Are you blocked by Julius? Who, who's yeah, blocked I'm blocked. By Julius, I'm blocked by Julius. <laughs> he's I, like, yeah, I'm 
I never, I never even added him. So I know this motherfucker just like searching his name and finding He's, random yeah, tweets. Oh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. I, I don't really like pay attention to that stuff. I didn't, um, I didn't until somebody sent a link of like a tweet. I think they said because if you send it in Slack, you can still like see it, right? Because right. it up in Slack. So like, he sent somebody sent a tweet of his, and then I like clicked on it. And it was just like you are no, you're like, you are not allowed. To <laughs> you watch. can't see. This yeah, thing. I was like, oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not blocked by uh, Julius so, Randall. So thank you, uh, Julius. I still have faith in you. That yo, they were, yeah, like, like I, I, I feel like half the time I have to be like, yo, I love Macri, but uh, like <laughs> something about in the first game, he tweeted out something like, you know, he had six assists and, you know, without he was playing within himself, and I'm just like. He never makes a pass. Like, he never just makes a pass that isn't just either. Strong, yeah, like, he, he never just plays within the offense, right? No, it's always no. like an. It's always a pass where, like, he swings it to Alfred to go run a pick and roll with him. Or he'll swing it to Reggie Bullock, who he'll go set a screen for and hope that he gets the ball. Like, it is, God forbid, he three or four times yesterday, he had a RJ wide open in the corner. Wide open in the corner. Wide, wide open. open the corner. Wide didn't open. even look. Like, would not even look in his direction. He did that to Frank in the first game. Right, Frank hit a three. Next position down, RJ, Randall's got the ball in the wing. Frank is literally, like, wide open in the corner. And, and this is Frank, okay? Frank's begging for the ball. Frank is begging for the ball. He's like... Like, oh, like, like, this is the first time in my life I really want to shoot this thing. Please get me involved. Please get me. And Randall, like, looks at him and he's just like, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take this out to the top of the key and I'm going to probably dribble the ball off my fucking dick. Um, and it's just like, it, I cannot, I, I can't, it, like, if there's one thing that has been the most infuriating thing about the Knicks in this, you know, two decades of like just garbage basketball that we've had to endure for the most part. It has been these guys that that are just not good teammates. Like they're not fun to play with, and they're not like like. Do you think anybody is on the floor with Julius Randle other than Alfred Payton? And is like, I love playing with this guy. Who the be, fuck? I would be I would be shocked if anyone's actually enjoying themselves. <laughs> oh, and then you watch Obi, right? Obi had zero, like I tweet. Obi had zero assists last night. Randle had three. Who passed the ball better? Well, Obi was like drop, like dropping dimes. Too bad on a couple of them. Uh, like people were missing the shots. But like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not even about the dimes though. It's like he is playing within the offense. He's passing within the offense. He's like the ball does not get to him, and then everything comes to a fucking halt. Right? Like he gets the ball. He makes. I he either shoots it. He tries to put the ball on the floor, or he tries to make a play for somebody else. Like, or he just swings mm-hmm. it, or he just like the value of just making a swing pass. That that is a thing. Like. That is actually a thing in offense. Like, oh, let me just swing the ball. Because, like, like, I mean, we're, like, you get taught this when you're a kid, right? Hubie Brown says this 5,000 times a game. The ball moves faster than, than like, the man, right? Like, passing mm-hmm. is going to move faster than dribbling. This is, like, basic stuff. And then you've got guys on the team that, like, don't ever exhibit an understanding of that shit. And it's, like, I cannot... I, I honestly... Just watching Alfred, like it was just a weird thing, right? Where you'd like, like yesterday was really apparent. Where it was like Alfred, Julius, and Reggie were doing their own thing, mm-hmm. and then like everybody else is doing their own thing, mm-hmm. and it's just like I, I can't, you can't have that. Like you can't have Randall and Alfred, 
I don't think RJ. Sh- I think RJ had one shot in the first quarter. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. unacceptable. But, but, this is, but this is why I say to to me the starting five matters to me because of yeah. RJ, and I don't want him starting off slow and getting despondent and watching these two boneheads stumble and bumble and leading us nowhere. And bad, you know habits. what I'm saying? Bad habits. You're like he's gonna start forcing shots. Yeah, we'll start, like that's what I thought. With that's what I kept saying with Kev when he was playing with DSJ. I'm like. I'm like, look, these he's taking terrible shots and and they're awful. Like there's no excuse. He took taking, a fa- like, he took a fadeaway long two in the second yeah. game. Yeah, there's there's no excuse for that. But like that is what happens when guys don't like we've all played pickup. You've played pickup with the guy who ne- you know like never passes you the ball. What do you do when you get the ball? Or you jack it up. That that you, that's what you do. You just well, that's just fly. Yeah, you just. Right. Like, I don't. I don't care where I am on the court. And I'm watching. I'm watching Kevin. I I watched Kevin with DSA, and I'm like, he he's just shooting because he knows if he gives the ball up, he's probably never going to get the ball again. Like it, like if he gives the ball back to DSA, he knows he's never getting the ball again. Like it's it just, and then you know you give it to Alfred. You know if your name isn't Julius Randle, you're not getting that shit back. It's like it's just you can't you can't do it. And like you know whatever you want to say about. Like I almost, I'll just. I think we'd be better off if we just were like quickly and Frank are point guards and just move on with their lives. And if you want to say Rivers is nominally the point guard, just play guys that don't have agendas about like padding their stats or like the ball sticks with them. And like the only pl- the only person I want the ball sticking to are RJ and Obi, and that's it. Yeah. That is it. I don't give a fuck about anybody else in this team developing their shot creation. Like, I, I don't. I am not interested in it. Well, I am um, excited to see Austin Rivers, like, cross somebody up for, like, a step back three, though. <laughs> I, I know CP is probably, like, super pumped about Austin Rivers. So the Austin Rivers 40 <laughs> piece is coming, and that's going to be followed by millions of delusional Knicks fans that consider him the starting point guard, the future. Mm-hmm. The this, the that. He's gonna have a couple, man. I'm excited to see him. I'm your post game for those. Your post game for that is gonna be. <laughs> it's <laughs> for sure. Listen, but you know, listen. Also... Taking him out of, uh, you know, he's been on a bunch of playoff teams lately. Mm-hmm. Um, coming to this situation here, I think Tibbs is gonna let him let it fly. So, so we'll see. We'll see how uh, how Austin Rivers um, blends in. Listen, he's I, gonna be a Knicks legend if he drops forty in a victory. Like you know that. Like he's gonna be a Knicks legend forever. It's coming, Who's, man. Book it. Is, is uh is uh K Piss the the last forty piece you've had? Didn't Julius Randle drop? Oh, no, 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 no. Burke did. Burke. He did. Burke did against uh, Kemba. Oh, yeah. Kemba. <laughs> Burke against Kemba. The showdown. Man, how many Knicks point guards just embarrassed Kemba Walker in the past couple of years? Like oh. Trey Burke, Frank Nilakina, and the FIBA. It's just like, oh man, Kemba's just... not trending too well, man. Kemba's <laughs> not trending too well at all. That's what he so, gets for choosing Boston over like his hometown team. Yeah. Can, can we? Can we just? I, I gotta ask you this, CP. Do you find it funny? Do you find it interesting? So we've got like the vets on the team, right? So there's, you know, there's Bullock, there's Alfred. There is uh, Randall, obviously. And then we have the three guys that are new from this offseason, right? Noel, um, Burks, and Rivers. Do you think, like, don't you feel like the latter three are, they feel different than the former three? Like, I can see, I don't know, like, when you, uh, when I'm thinking about, like, what vets do I actually want on the floor with the young guys? I really don't want any of those former three. I mean, I would love Bullock if he wasn't 
Right. If he could actually shoot. shoot. <laughs> but like, yeah. but like the, you know, other than that, I'm just like, no, nah, I like, but yeah. Burks, I'm like, Burks, I can see it. Rivers, I can see it. Noel, for sure, I can see it. Like, I don't know. Like, is that, if you're thinking about like what vets you want versus not, is that, do you feel the same way or? Yeah, one one thousand percent. Um, for several reasons. Noel, you know, I, I like the fact that um well for number one, the first two games with him and Mitch, you know, they pretty much played the same amount of minutes. I just feel like again with the Mitch thing, he, he's gotta get it together. Um mm-hmm. and I don't mind Noel coming in and setting a, a good tone, especially mm-hmm. for us defensively. Uh, we saw Mitch last night. He struggled with Drummond. A lot of guys are going to struggle with Drummond, but just Mitch, he he still has to work on that discipline factor and just keeping his head in the game. He, came he gets on annoyed strong. when those big dudes can exactly, and, mm-hmm. and then it, they take him out of his game. Now he finished well last night, so give him credit. But I like I like Noel coming in and kind of setting that tone for us defensively. Um, Burks, I told you guys I like Burks a lot. Obviously, the three point threat um, can give you some some playmaking. Played some point with Philly last year in the bubble. Um, strong, um, shooting foul rate. I think he was in the top 25% in shooting foul draw rate. So you have a guy that can, you know, force the issue along with RJ out there. And then Rivers, I look at Rivers. I like Rivers off the bench. You know, if you're going to mm-hmm. clo- let him close, you let him close. But I like, let him, let him, let it fly off the bench. Instant offense. Again, he, he's coming from playoff caliber teams, knows what to do. And I just think these three guys are, are way more important in terms of getting the younger guys, making them better, but also from a business standpoint, right? Trade deadline is March 25th. Rivers and Burks could be guys that, you know, uh, playoff teams, contenders could be looking for, for some depth. So we still got to, you know, you know, Brock Aller and Leon are still thinking business at the end of the day. So I think these are the three guys that are, that are worth the most in, in terms of overall team development and business. But Peyton, you don't need it. Bullock, you can sit. Randall is just politics at this point. They, yeah, they, and, got, they, they got to do something, though, with, like, right, Randall. Some I, point. Well, CP, you, you, I mean, you, you hear stuff sometimes. What, what are you hearing about Julius? Like, <laughs> what's, like what's going on? Like, I, I get what you're saying about it's politics, and I understand it. Like, I'm sympathetic to that. But, like, Jul- it's, Julius Randall is, it's Julius Randall. Okay, yeah. this is not Carmelo Anthony. This is not, like, some star with a bunch of cachet and they're on the league i know that his agent is aaron mintz right of caa who has obvious relationships with leon rose but like i just feel like at some point if this is how he's gonna play you like look like we brought tibbs in here and leon rose is here like these guys are getting paid serious money like I just feel like he should not be a personality that you can't just have an honest conversation with and be like, look, like we didn't sign you. We're not trying to like disrespect you. We're not going to give you no, like, we're going to play you. You're, you're going to get some minutes, but you're not starting and you're not the priority. And if you can't get with the program, then like your minutes are just going to go down. If you get with the program, you'll have a role. And look, as soon as we can trade you, as soon as we can find a situation more to your liking, We'll flip you. Like we, we have, we'll, we'll accommodate, you know, your preference here. But you got to help us out too, and like you've got to understand that what you were assigned to do was from a different front office, and what we're doing is, you know, we're, I'm like, we're sorry, but that really isn't on us. You know, like is that yeah. something they can do, or, or are you hearing like, you know, they actually want to kind of like make it work with Julius kind of yeah. thing? 
I haven't heard anything since since the offseason. And when the offseason started, I heard that number one priority, they were going to try to trade him. I, and I said it on lottery night. Mm-hmm. I said, don't mm-hmm. sleep on them. They could get Obi because they're trying to trade Randall. They ended up getting Obi, and now they got both of them. I heard that they wanted Conley. Obviously, that deal never went through. But that was a deal that they were looking for um, to try to get Conley on some sort of salary dump situation. But now, I don't know. Now I, I haven't heard anything. I think that obviously they, they would still want to trade him. This, this is certainly not an ideal yeah. situation, especially with Obi. That you can't play them together. I don't care whether it's the three, or the four, or the four, or the five. It's sloppy. You know, you got Obi mm-hmm. out there last night playing on on the perimeter. That that's just not his. To his, space his, it to space it for Randall. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like what are we doing? You know, we don't want to lose the kid either. I'm I'm perfectly fine. Just bring Obi off the bench, and let him close if he's earned that right. You know, and, and just let him do that. But for now, um, you know, it's too late to, to I think it's too late to, you know, realign Julius's role. Right. I, I don't I don't know how, how they go. Right. Because they, they, he's playing out of he's been playing out of his role since he got here. They, I, think they let, they, I think they promised him that. Right. Like, I think that was the sell to him. Like, oh, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You can come here and be the guy. And yeah. it's like and. You know, I, I Fizz Fizz told you that much uh, last year. <laughs> that was Fizz. Fizz said a lot of right stuff. Is the keys? <laughs> Go ahead, drive. <laughs> it's no no drivers in. Just, no driver's license. Yeah. But anyway, just go. go. Yeah, it's just so frustrating because because I'm the only, like I said I'm the only like Julius Randall defender left. But the defense is more of like if Julius Randall stopped playing like Julius Randall, he would be a good player. Yeah. And you catch like these very rare moments of when he doesn't play like Julius Randle on the Knicks. And you're like, where is that guy? And that, you know, it's the quick decision guy who isn't trying to like do anything like special with the ball or trying to be like the guy just like, there's a point, I think it was the second game against the Pistons. He just grabbed the rebound and went. It's like a couple times in transition. It's like, you're not stopping Julius Randle in transition. And like, those are good baskets. And then there's another time he was coming. I don't know if he was coming off a screen, but like RJ pitched it to him. And he just went downhill, and he drew the foul, too. And it's just like, that's Julius Randle. Yeah. And that guy would actually be really important for the Knicks if we're focusing the offense more on, like, RJ and the guards and those sort of things. But he's just fundamentally not playing like that. And if he's not going to play like that, like, they're doing ISO post-ups for him. Like, he's like Carmelo Anthony in his prime, like, from the mid-range. It's like, what are we, like, what are we doing here with Randle? And just like, I don't want that guy. Like, that guy shouldn't even be playing. That, it's just just not his role, man. He's just he's been playing out of his role since he got here. Um, I just think you know, again, ideally, if they're gonna start him, you hope that Obi proves enough in in his you know backup minutes that he can close, and then ultimately you know if it gets past the trade deadline and they don't have a deal for him, you ultimately start that transition and, and get Obi. And I want to see Obi and RJ playing some more minutes together. Uh, you know, especially going forward. So I think that that's what we'll see. If they don't end up trading them by the deadline, you know, you'll get that peaceful transition of power. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think, and I think, like you know, you mentioned like Obi playing with Randall wasn't a good fit. I don't think it's because Obi can't play with an inside big, right? Because we saw like when he's played with Mitch. They haven't looked great, but I mean, look, we talked about the DSA thing forever, so I'm not going to beat that over the head again. But like, <laughs> I don't think I don't think the issues have been about Mitch's 
occupying his space and he can't like he can't do anything then i just think they haven't had any flow right. and i and i think he's just like getting used to like okay mitch is gonna be over in the dunker spot like they're just like i i, I it, it hasn't looked like bad to me or anything mm-hmm. like that with randall it's different because randall isn't just gonna like go set screens and then dive to the rim Right, right, like he's not getting the ball. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, you literally just have to create space for Randall and let him cook inside, and that's that. And like that—that's the problem. That is the problem. Not that Randall plays inside. Like, if 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 you got a a version of Randall that could shoot like thirty-five percent from three, him and Obi, you'd be very happy with that together, probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or if Randall would just be like happy to be a lower usage guy at times, it would be fine. We're not getting either of those. (laughs) We're not going to get either of those on the Knicks. So it's like, it just ends up creating this. And it's just, man, it's, I can't tell you. I mean, like, again, I've just been trying to like take these games as much like, look, it's preseason. I just keep trying to tell myself it's preseason. Don't overreact. The shit's stupid. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, but I can't like last night's game for the first three quarters. I just wanted to shoot myself. I was like, this is so bad. And it's like, and it just makes it even more annoying because you're like, why is RJ not touching the ball? Except mm-hmm. when he's not on the floor, when he's like, only time he's getting the ball is when he's not on the floor with the starters. Yep. It's like wild. that's it. That, that can't, that we, I can't, we can't do another year of that we can't do another year of that. And it's like, and like, I know somebody will probably pull up like, Oh, but his usage with Peyton was this. Yeah. But look at the type of usage. It yeah. is. It's, yeah, it's you have just to actually look at it. Yeah, it's like it's like he's standing in the corner, right? Like that's it. That's what he's doing. RJ yep. standing in the corner, waiting for Julius Randle to like <laughs> have the the fucking decency to just throw him the ball when he's wide open. Like, oh my god, it's make it's just like thinking about it makes me angry. That's why that starting five has to change, bro. That lineup's I mean, got to change. That's that's totally fair. And you know what? I I don't actually don't think it's an overreaction to say like the zone thing against the Knicks is going to be real. Like that is. Definitely going to be a real thing at the next. Well, why would you not do? Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just like yeah. <laughs> it's so painfully. Okay, I forget who it was in our Slack. They're just like, no, it's not going to be a thing. I'm like, no, this is actually going to be a thing because they're not going to guard Alfred Payton anymore. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, you're running a two-three zone and you don't have to guard one person. Like they're set. Like you don't guard... doesn't do anything. I mean, you don't have to guard Elf. You don't have to guard Randall. Mm-hmm. You kind like RJ hasn't proven anything from three-point range yet that, like, teams are going to be out there, like, right up on him. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have to, like, defend him. And if Bullock is just going to, like... I mean, I can't... He must have bricked, like, five open corner threes yeah, yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And if he's not burying those, like, you know, Nerland's going to stretch it out to 15 feet? Like, is that the plan here? Mitch going to start jacking up threes? Like, no. Yeah, like... it's, not, it's not even just, like, the threes either, right? It's the idea of, like, okay who's going to who's going to be the guy like the threat in the middle right cuz we know Julius Randle if he's going to be in the middle he's going to wind up turning the ball over mm-hmm. right then you can't just be like Mitch can be in the middle it's like Mitch has shown nothing to be like oh he's like a zone buster so it's like okay so what it's, do you do it's, and it's Obi. just it, <laughs> it's yeah. Obi, man yeah so like Obi can definitely do it that's it you're right though but like i think that's fair to say like you probably have to start mixing up lineups and rotations and all these sort of things because you can just you could just run a two three zone if Randall Payton and RJ are in the lineup like that's it like you don't have to do anything else on defense and the Knicks will have won't have an answer for it unless you literally bring in an entirely new lineup and 
What? Uh, so yeah, look, we've talked about him, but not really talked about him. CP, what? Uh, what are you thinking about Mitch right now? There's a lot been a lot of like, you know, smoke around him in yeah. preseason, and you know he hasn't had the best start in preseason. I'm actually not that concerned about that, but like, you know, I think not having a good start lends some credence to the stuff that Tibbs has been hinting at and people have been worried about. Like, what are you thinking? Yeah, you know, when when that stuff came out, it, it was um it was a little concerning when when Tibbs came out and you know. He said he needs to work on his professionalism and and stuff like that. And then you heard the Bondi stuff come out about USA camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I heard, you know, similar stuff that, you know, he kind of came into camp. The body language wasn't the greatest. They weren't too sure what was going on with him. Um, now, some people took that and ran with it like they want to trade him. I, I definitely didn't say that. But they mm-hmm. definitely worked some concerns with, with mm-hmm. Mitch coming into camp. And, you know, they gave New Orleans a starting spot. Um, you know, Mitch is looking kind of the same as last year. You know, he's kind of looking the same as last year. Again, he's got to work on, um, you know, his discipline with the fouls. He's, he's got, he's bulked up a little bit. He's definitely gotten a lot. Yeah, bigger. he is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the agent thing again, not, you know, being well-versed on the business side of things, it looks kind of strange, you know what I mean? But I, yeah. I don't know the full story, so I can't really dive too deep on it, but it makes it hard for the team though. Right? Like, yeah. Who the fuck are we talking to? Like, who are we supposed to talk to, Mitch? Yeah. Are we talking to Rich Paul today? Are we talking to Mayar Zokai? Like, who are we talking to? Are we talking to, to LeBron James? Yeah. yeah. Are we talking to LeBron James? <laughs> you, you know? Yeah, you know LeBron is running that thing. Clutch yeah. is all <laughs> Clutch is all LeBron. Yeah. And Perkins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah I mean, look, with, with Mitch... um. Listen, they, now's the time they're going to have to evaluate him, mm. wait it out. You know, no need to to rush into any contract negotiations. And he's going to have to earn it. He's still very raw, man, from a yeah. basketball standpoint. And maturity-wise, we'll see how he comes along. He needs a lot of work. I, I think I would have loved to have seen Rasheed Wallace on this team to kind of mentor, you know, Mitch a little bit. But, um, you know, Mitch is a quirky guy, man. We heard that, like, he doesn't really watch, like, old NBA he doesn't really seem too passionate about the game like that. He didn't know about who was it like Hakeem Olajuwon or Wilt Chamberlain? Like, was it Wilt Chamberlain? One of them. I don't know if it was Wilt because <laughs> they asked him about the Wilt thing during like a recent media session and, and you know, he talked about Wilt being one of the greatest. It might have been Hakeem. Yeah, it's. I think it was Hakeem. <laughs> yeah, it might have been Hakeem. He's like, yeah, bro, I don't watch none of that shit, bro. So. <laughs> um, yeah, like, so it's, I agree that, like, I, and I was definitely one that kind of dismissed it initially, um, maybe because I wanted to dismiss it, but... I think it was a fair dismissal, just given the way, like, some people out after the Tibbs quote was coming out, there was, like, some people, like, taking it a little too far, and it's like, well, you, you, there like, was. You better there, be careful with what you're saying. There was stuff to dismiss about, like, like I don't think it's about he doesn't care about the game. I don't think that, like, I thought that people were really too quick to jump on that angle, and I think I know where that leads, and I know where that's coming from. Um, and, yeah, let's just say I wasn't a big fan of that. But I do think there's, like, you know, I think it's valid to be, like, yeah, caring about basketball and, like, 
caring about being in the NBA and maximizing your career, different things. And he maybe doesn't think of it as like a business yet. You know, it's still like a fun, just game to him. And that's fine. Like, again, it's supposed to be fun, but it is still a business. And he knows it's a business. That's why he's got, he's had it on his sixth agent. Okay. So like, he's not unaware of that. And that's fine. I think like, for me, it's more about, you know, you can't have these games like, okay, you pick up the first foul yesterday, whatever. I thought the second one was kind of ticky tack, but it's like the second foul. I knew he was going to pick up that foul. As soon as I saw Drummond in the mm-hmm. post, sure. I knew sure. he was going to, I like, I knew it. I knew it. Cause I'm like, I see Mitch's positioning and I see he's mad that Drummond is just like, basically like body. Like he's just bigger than him. Right. He's, he's just bullying. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's bullying him. And you can see it. Like, and Mitch is like pissed off. And he's, you know, and Drummond said something to him right after he gets the and one. And Mitch just starts chirping again. And it's like, I, this is this is how he started off last year. And I remember at the start of last year, I was like, look, I, I don't really like his energy right now. It feels like he's like pissed about everything other than his own fucking like. And it's like, yeah, you can be pissed about that stuff, but it's on you. Like, you have to stop fouling, guys. You have to stop like putting yourself in these positions and it's because when he is on the court he is so obviously impactful for the knicks like he makes the game easier for the knicks on both ends of the floor like Mm -hmm. like you could people can talk about he's a limited skill set all he does is dunk yeah you go ask every single ball handler on that team how much mitch helps them when he's on the floor i promise you every single one is like no 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 Mitch helps out a lot. He's fine. Like let let like Mitch's limited skill set is good for us. Um, like that said, I I did actually think that there were a couple of like I thought that he showed a little bit more patience uh, out on the perimeter when he was put under pressure and finding somebody to give the ball to and set a screen for. I thought that he actually made contact on screens last night. Yo, wasn't that wild? Yeah, like he he legit <laughs> made contact on screens last night. I was like. Holy shit, that's that is new. Like that's not a Mitch thing. And then he also this is one thing that he did that I was like I was honestly very very amazed by this. He gets the offensive rebound. He's like underneath the basket though, can't really go up with it. He's getting trapped and he made a pass in between the two defenders. Yeah. A bounce pass to Alfred Payton for a layup. And I was like, okay, like that I, I for sure have never seen that shit. Like, I have never seen Mitch throw a pass like that. And, like, you know, is that is that something that's going to become a part of his game? Is the, I can't answer those things. I'm just saying, like, I don't, I, I don't think that he has made no progress in his NBA career. I just think the things that he's made progress in are, like, they are not things that are, I can't point, I, I can't make a highlight of him being better at, like, you know, Oh shit! There, this this guy that I was supposed to run a dribble handoff with got cut off. So I got to turn the other way now and run a dribble handoff with with like, you know, Kevin instead of Frank or something. Like, there's no highlight that's going to show you that, and it becomes obvious. But I do think that he has made improvements in that. I think like the defensive stuff is annoying, but even within the annoyance of that defensive stuff, you know, Vorkanov as he had an article like last week or whatever. But you can see like statistically the fouls have come down. They have come down and it's annoying when he has these stupid three games in a row where he's committing dumb fouls and whatever. 
but like, you know, I just think it's insane to to think about like trading it. Like, why? Like, just you have this kid. He's actually shown development through both seasons. Let's just see what we can do. And and I like and they better get his ass to make it shoot a jump shot. Like he has to shoot a jump shot because I mean there was one the other night. He ran a pick and roll with like I think it was with quickly and quickly swung it back out to him at the top. And it was like it was a pick and pop. It was so perfect. I was yeah. like, dude, you gotta shoot that shit. And I could tell he was like thinking about it, and then he was like, Oh, I'll just pass it to Kevin. But it's like the, that's the stuff, like, will he shoot a little bit? Can he run screen and rolls more effectively will he you know chip in with like an assist and a half a game right like just like small shit like that is i think really impactful and can, if he can just stay on the floor like really that's the biggest that's forget all the other if he can just stay on the floor that is such it would be i mean if he can give you 28 minutes a night you, you just take that to the bank and you're you're good with it they yeah. just have him start with five fouls in the game. <laughs> yeah, right. he, he seems to lock in when, when the pressure. Yeah, when he run. when he has five fouls, he he becomes he becomes a king, right? Yeah. Like that's that's who he is. When he has five fouls, he just he completely shut down everything the Cavs were doing in the fourth quarter when he had five fouls, just like completely shutting everything down. It's just like that's really important to have is like that also that anchor on defense that not just like blocking shots, but like. He also like gets steals and deflections and does all these things and he moves his feet well. It's like he's so important. You could sure like yeah, maybe only dunks, but man, he's he's important to everything that the Knicks do, both yeah. offensively and defensively. And like I don't care if it's just like a dunk thing, but I would I can't wait to see uh like point guard Mitch, like we've been seeing in the in the the practice videos in the empty gym. Like where's <laughs> where's that bitch? I need and, that guy to come out. And, and I, Tibbs Tibbs says it right. Tibbs says like I mean look he's. He's obviously made it a point to try and like light a fire under his ass, but he's also said multiple times, like, like you know, Mitch's potential is like there's no limit to what he can do. So you know, it's like they know what like they know that they have something there that that could be great, right? Could mm-hmm. be really great for them. Yeah. But it's like, is Mitch gonna give a shit enough? You know? Yeah, you think I, I agree. Mitch's block party. So CP, what were you saying? No, no, I said I agree with you. I think most of the stuff that Tibbs, you know, came out from Tibbs was really just to keep him motivated and light a fire under him. You know, I didn't think there was anything, you know, there was like a dire situation with the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> Although there was some there was some interesting draft smoke with uh with Golden State, uh, you know, with a potential trade with Golden State saying that the Knicks were were interested in, in Wiseman. You know, Han came on the show and, and said that he, he thought there was a lot of smoke there. I'm I'm not sure you know, how true that really was. But I think a lot of the stuff that, that you talked about, Schwinn, in, in terms of the improve, improvements with Mitch, it, it's it's all fundamentals, right? Like mm-hmm. locking in on mm-hmm. those fundamentals, like staying on the court, staying mentally sound, um, you know. Boxing out. Boxing out, getting getting good rebounds, right? Mm-hmm. It was, wasn't the best rebounder last year. Um, you know, yeah, we've seen the practice videos and everybody wants to, you know, see him come out and be AD. But I, I think more likely, more likely it's just, you know, just being sharper out there on, on the perimeter. You know, can he execute a dribble handoff? Can he put the ball on the floor a little bit? You know, make the defense move, you know, setting proper screens, just all those fundamental things. I think if he can lock in on those um, again, you may not it may not come out on a highlight reel, but it'll certainly, you know, uh, keep you optimistic about his growth and development. But like Tip said, it's really all on Mitch. 
He had one of those, the, like, wonderful plays against Drummond, but he missed the layup, though. Yeah. I was a little surprised. I was like, oh, okay, he, he managed to do that. It's like, good for him. Yeah, he, that's, the, like, that's the, like, I I would much prefer he work on that than shooting. I'll be completely, yeah. like, I, I think that, like. Same here. He's way too athletic to not be able to just, like, figure out, like, a one triple move to get to the rim. Yeah, like, the, like, you put him out there with, like, one of these, you know, fucking, who was a Don Maker? Like, come on, man. You gotta be kidding me with that shit. Like well, he's gotta the, be. He, well, the Kevin Love clone was guarding him too, right? Dean Wade. <laughs> <He said it. laughs> Yo, I had no idea who half these kids on the Cavs were. Right, wasn't it? Was, I still would. I, I thought they kept saying like Dwayne Wade, and I was like, no, that's a yeah, white that's, guy. I was <laughs> like, wait, Dwayne Wade's in the building. All I know is they were catching Mitch on drop coverage and just dropping Jays in his face. I'm like, what is going on here? Seventeen point lead. The funniest yeah. thing about that though, too, is like, you know that. It's because Mitch has never heard of this guy before, right? Like oh, that's 100%. what it is. That's the thing. Like he's like, he's like, oh, so after like two, like they probably like he hits like two threes and tips like in timeout. He's like, so Mitch, uh, this guy can shoot, I guess. So <laughs> you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to defend yeah, him out there. You know, Mitch was like, I think you're Kevin Love, but <laughs> you're, are you actually Kevin? Like he was just confused the whole time, and he just kept banging shots. And then there was like, then there was the the other guy who looked like Del Vadova. Was oh. it Mooney? Mooney Matt Mooney. Matt Mooney. Uh, that, that was that was the DSJ. That was DSJ's dinner. Jeez. <laughs> Only on defense though. He yeah. he couldn't attack him on offense. It was at, I don't know. The whole thing was just fucking wild on that uh, that Cavs team. It's just everyone just like looked the same, and it was just I didn't understand what was happening. Yo, also, did you guys think it was super weird that Clyde kept being like, like he was acting like it was like this super intense like. Re- return for Dotson, and he was like, he's like, yeah, like, oh, that was great. You no, know Dotson's gonna want to put it on them, and I'm like, dude, I don't really think, like, like, I, I don't think Dotson really is. It's preseason game three, dude. If he, if he's gonna have that game, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's not gonna be in the preseason that he yeah, gets that. <laughs> but Clyde, he, Clyde was just happy to be back home, man. He was just happy dude, to be back out there. Clyde dropped the gem where he was just like, my creditors are happy I'm back at work. I was like. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, Clyde. He's, I was like, he's not lying. Ain't nobody going to Clyde's wine and dine during the pandemic. No, no one. Probably some there. hard times. <laughs> That's my man, though. No, but the best one was uh, the Julius one. When Julius does this, the patented <laughs> spin move with RJ wide open into three people. And Clyde was like, this is why the fans don't fuck with you, bro. <laughs> I was like, Clyde, you are my man. bro. He's the, a relic. The the funniest thing though is at the start of the game he was like, you know, I don't get why like, you know, he, like fans get so irate with him. And then, that was, and then no, that was that Green. was Green though, wasn't oh, it? Was that Green? Yeah, Green was like, I don't understand. Someone has to score on this team, and then uh, also Clyde's like, he spins around and does nothing. <laughs> like, what are you talking and, about? And Breen kept bringing up his assists. Like he kept, he repeatedly mentioned like he's like, oh, like Julius has three assists tonight, and I'm like, bro, I I know, I know that you're like trying to be the good msg employee right now yeah and that's stop. the thing about Breen. Like, get, get it, bro but that, that's the thing about Breen that gets me sometimes i love him but sometimes he's carrying the water a little too heavy man like relax bro. you gotta relax but um yeah so i mean look we've talked about basically everybody but we have not talked about obi Toppin like much at all um i don't know what do you what have you are you worried about anything that you've seen so far are you do you like anything that you've seen so far that maybe you didn't expect to see, CP? Um, am I worried? No, because I know this is this season is gonna be a very um 
unconventional one for him in terms of fit with us not really again I, I think the point guard play is essential for his success I think the Randall thing is also going to impact them greatly. So, you know, I think it's going to be up and down year for Obi. You're going to see some flashes. You're going to see some struggles. Um, but I think, you know, the personnel is really what's going to, you know, uh, be the deciding factor in, in his ultimate development and, and growth. But the first game, you know, the first game is funny because I, I came out with uh, Knicks fan TV court vision. And, and that's a show I'm, I'm going to have, like, a lot of uh, coaches and scouts on kind of just breaking down film. But nice. um, the first one we did, uh, we talked about his playmaking ability. You know, we talked about his vision and his, and his playmaking ability that was kind of slept on at Dayton. And you saw some of that in, in game one. You know, mm-hmm. thinking two, two, three plays ahead, getting out in transition. Knicks were 28th in transition. You know, having Obi and RJ out there will certainly help. But you, you saw him out there just just making plays. Um, and, and I thought that was great. They ran some, some actions with him in the post and, and did what he could do there. So I thought the first game, he, he looked pretty good last night. He was, he was kind of out of sorts. He did what he could do. Like, like Drew said, he, yeah, he had some nice passes out there. Um, RJ fed him for a nice, uh, flush to close the game <sighs> out. Yo, so dunk. Yeah. he looked like he was floating. He was floating. Yo, yeah. That dunk was insane. Yeah. I, I <laughs> lost it when I saw that dunk. He, he basically touched the top of the backboard. Yeah. Not really, but you know what I'm saying. Like it was like it was like it felt that high, and I was just like, "Wow!" I was like, the, "We haven't had that guy in the, the Garden for a very long time." Yeah, and and I thought the second game, you know, being out there running out there with DSJ, I thought he was doomed from the start, and he came <laughs> in, he was all flustered. He, I, he, I don't know if it was some missed shots or or he messed up on a couple plays, but you could just tell he was out of sorts mentally, and I didn't think he was going to finish with a good game either. So. Um, it's going to be early. Listen, they had no training, no, you know, real good training camp, no summer league and stuff like that. So he still has to adjust. So I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not low on Obi and I think it's going to be a tough year for him. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I thought actually, I, I really think they've been like all the pick and pop stuff that he's been doing. I really, I think that might be something that they're like, they just want him to get reps in game on mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. um, like he, I mean, he did do some pick and pop at Dayton, but like that isn't what he did. You know, like he was a lot more dynamic of a player, playmaker type. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not too worried about. It. I'm actually, I will say this: I was super critical of his defense coming in um, in the draft. That I didn't want him. I didn't want the Knicks to pick him for that reason. Um, just like you know the way he moves and. It was just really concerning to me. Yeah. I, again, it's preseason and he really has been, you know, he's been coming in second units and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, very early days. So we'll see how it goes. But, you know, like I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised with, he looks, you know, his awareness has been fine. Yeah. Um, he hasn't been totally, you know, I, I when he's gotten beat, it hasn't been like, He's just getting blown by and destroyed. Like it's a lot of times it's, you know, he's got a weird like high hip thing going on. So he just kind of like collapses um, or he gets pushed around a little bit easy because of his center of gravity is higher. Right. Um, that that stuff is like, you know, I don't know how much you can change, but it's it's just is what it is. And that's OK. But, you know, he looks pretty locked in when he's in there defensively. And, um, you know, credit to Tibbs, like we spent a lot of time talking about the offense. The defenses look pretty good. Um, defense has yeah. looked good, bro. It has defenses looked good. Look good. And I know yeah. we played Detroit and we played the Cavs. Um, but like 
I think that we've generally, process wise. It's yeah, been... like it, 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 it looks pretty good. I do think that like you can see that with the way Tibbs wants to play, I do imagine that like a James Harden or a LeBron James will pick us apart all night with passes to corner shooters. Mm-hmm. And that's stuff that like, we'll have to see if Tibbs has adjusted from his time in Minnesota. Um, I, I don't know, but look, I think that, they look bought in to whatever the hell he's selling on that end. And um, the guys are making the look, even guys we hate like Julius Randle, they look pretty bought in on a, in a lot of moments defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I, I think on that end, I would, I would say I'm, you know, I'm pretty happy with where they're at. And I think it's worth mentioning that like throughout training camp and preseason, all the guys have said that like the focus has been primarily on defense. It has not been on offense. Um, so, you know, uh, I think actually seeing that the defense is ahead of the offense and not insignificantly so is somewhat encouraging. Um, and I, I think the offense looked a little... I mean, I, I know it was really hard game to judge because of the lineup and fucking zone defense and all that shit but like i i did feel like when we have lineups out there that don't fucking suck that there like are some like i think the structure looks okay uh just on a very basic level i don't know how much to really take from any of that offensively but defensively yeah i feel i feel pretty good about what i've seen so far if obi is just going to be the four with like a defensive anchor, like Mitch or Noel, and then just like some like varying degrees of plus to neutral guys like Frank RJ quickly looks pretty solid. Um, what's the name? Like Rivers is actually a pretty like good defender and whatnot. Like I feel like his offense is going to be such a plus moving forward that you can kind of live with him being a negative. Cause I still think yeah. he may wind up being just like an overall, positive impact player because his offense is like that put together. Like I as know long he's... as he's not a tire fire on D de- like as long as he's not absolute shit on defense. Yeah. I don't think he's, yeah. I don't, I think just given like how the Knicks are playing right now on defense and just who they're surrounding him with, I don't think he's ever going to be in a position where he's going to be absolute tire fire unless they're like guard Anthony Davis or something like that. Right. Like it would be like very specific type of cases where everyone gets lit up on, but I, 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 he's been bad, but he's not like, I didn't think he's been tire fire bad. He's just been like normal rookie. And, and, and that's, that's the other reason I think we need to play Frank and quickly in the rotation over like DSJ and elf, because like, if you're going to play at any point in time, if you're going to have Obi and Knox and Randall, yeah. And Randall and stuff like this on the floor, like you, you got to protect them. And part of that protection offensively for sure, but defensively matters too. And, you know, I thought that you could see that in that second game when, when DSJ and it was, it was DSJ Bullock, Knox, Obi, and Mitch. And it's just like, dude, that's three horrible defenders or three bad defenders at the very least Bullock who is meh and Mitch. And it's just like, that that puts way too much pressure on Mitch, and it also mm-hmm. means that like you're exposing Ob's weaknesses and Kevin's weaknesses, and like look, I know that DSJ is trying on defense now, but like 
he's a one position defender. He's not going to, he can't move up and down positions. It just, I didn't like that. I think that if you look quickly, looks like a pretty solid defender so far. Um, He did get beat a couple times off the dribble, but I think, you know, it looked like it was more, you know, he he just got beat, but Mm -hmm. overall he looks pretty engaged and his length seems to be legit. Um, So I, I really uh, that kid just needs to be in the rotation as far as I'm yeah, I, yeah yeah he needs to play <laughs> it's, 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 he needs to play like it, it's quickly. that obvious he needs to play quickly even oh boy <laughs> I wish I had the, I wish I had my crappy soundboard for uh for that one Jesus Christ <sighs> but yeah I, I I do think I'm actually a lot higher on Obi especially when like draft Twitter was like don't draft him <laughs> like basically and like i don't follow the draft so like i don't know so like these three preseason games i'm like this kid's like really good like yeah he's older compared to everyone else but like he's good like he just he does everything right on offense like he's just a fundamentally sound offensive player and just being that ahead of the curve right now is which, is, is good which I, which I think is a good thing man it is a good I thing think- you know, yeah, Team Vassell and Team Halliburton, they, they're going to have something to say. Um, we, 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 were not, I, we were not Team Halliburton here. No, some, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, not me, not me, but but somewhere. And obviously there was a lot of people that was Team Vassell. But I think, again, in, in getting Obi, um, you get the college basketball player of the year at eight. You know, a guy that's 22 years old, ready to go from day one, who his mm-hmm. coach even said, you know, Tibbs is giving him the vote of confidence from day one. You know he's ready. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that... For a situation like us as the Knicks, yes, I would have loved to have had a, a point guard. You see how far behind Killian Hayes is right now, but he can mm-hmm. afford to, to be far behind in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Not sure if mm-hmm. he would have gotten the same leash here, the same amount of patience here. You know, we, we see how we're ready to, you know, get Frank out of here and get all these guys out of here, kept the same way. <laughs> so I think with Obi, I think, again, hopefully it all pans out and, and you know, I, I'm not. I'm with you, Drew. I'm not a guy that when I look at the draft, I'm like, oh, they should have got this guy over this guy. Yeah, yeah, even I know this stuff. Even though yeah. I did want Bridges over Kev, I, I'm a, I'm a type of guy that's more so. I got to see how this shit plays out. You know how it plays out, who they're playing with, mm-hmm. and how it goes over the next you know three four years before I, before I ultimately judge the pick. But I think on I mean, the surface, I'm good with it for right now. I mean, I, I wanted Vassell at eight just with how the board bro- broke. Uh, he was like my top pick. He was also just. He was the guy I thought was like, if you had to, if I guessed how the board was going to break, he was just somebody I consistently was like at eight. I just like, yeah. like that. I like yep. what he, he is going to be there. But like, and I liked Kira more than him. It, it's the thing is like, Obi was a fine pick. It wouldn't have been my pick. It's a fine pick. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like lose my mind over it. We'll see. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spend the rest the next year checking box scores and being like, oh, I told you we should have drafted this guy. I hate when people do that. Please don't <laughs> find mentions doing that. It's really annoying. Um, like, I just think like, yeah, like, look, they didn't pick the guy I wanted. I hopefully I'm fucking totally wrong on Obi and he's a fine defender somehow. And the offense just outweighs it. And like, like, you know, the one thing I always did like about Obi though, and this is why I didn't think the stat comparison made sense on top of the fact that like, Comparing anybody to, it's like, do you remember peak stat guys? Like, are we sure you remember how good peak stat was? Let's not just like go around throwing that comparison out there. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, but um, no, the the other thing I really liked was like, unlike stat, 
like Obi's he's a good passer. Like he's a really good yes. passer. And yep. He has good it's it's not like bull and it's not bullshit Julius Randle getting three assists a game. It's like No, it's not. It's it's good assists. It's like advantage is created. And um you know, like he's just like a fun player to play with and like look, I don't care. Like whatever, man. The dunks are fun and it it gets whatever. Like I it can be like we can this can be fun. Like this can be good. It can be fun. I I really think like in general the frap like we don't need to live and die like we know this is a rebuilding year right like like i just feel like we don't need to live and die with each fucking game and like yeah. each game and each quarter and like not each each play doesn't need to be like a referendum I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's just, right. just relax like yeah there's no rush to do anything and this is like you know i've talked about this with like uh with macri you know I, like we've dm before and i'm just like and I was just like, you know, because, you know, he, 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 I'm sure you guys read his newsletter, but like he's talked about, you know, like the Knicks aren't just going to like sit around and wait for shit to happen to them. And, you know, I'm not I'm not saying he's like doom mongering or anything like that, but like, you know, he's been like definitely making it, you know, I, I think from what he's hearing, the Knicks are, you know, that they're out there, they're listening, they're seeing what's available to them. And like, I, I'm 100% sure they are. I just think that like, I, th- I I really feel like the organization itself seems to be exhibiting a longer view right now than fans are because like the way they're operating to me, it just seems like they're like pretty content to just play out the season, use it as an eval season for the guys they have. Like they've, they've got a lot of guys that they can ultimately make decisions on. Right. Uh, DSJ, Frank Randall, <laughs> Like, no, I mean, it's, it's, but like, seriously, like there, there's guys that they just, they might, they like even Knox, like, yeah, he still has another year on a rookie contract, but like, you know, like this is an evaluation year for a lot of guys. And I think it's worthwhile for them to just like be patient. And like, maybe it, I think it would be different if they, if they did sign Gordon Hayward and like, then all of a sudden, God, maybe, yeah, they are. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe they did not do that. <laughs> that contract would have been really bad. Um, and, and there was a guy on, on the Hayward thing. There was a guy I remember on uh, when I was on SNY, and I was like, you know, he's he's just he's not our type of guy. He's not a dog anymore. Like he's not the same guy. And somebody replied back, like you know, with a, with a snarky remark, you know, like oh, he's not a dog. And and now he's out with a uh, what he, what he injures his, his pinky nail yeah. or something like that. All right, <laughs> there it is. It was like a pinky evulsion or something. Yeah. like Some weird thing. There it is. But yeah, like I just, I just feel like, you know, Tib, like Tibbs has talked, like you know, Tibbs says a quote the other day. Like the other day, he says like, you know, they ask him something about stars, and he's like, yeah, look, like you got to be aggressive about getting stars, but there's multiple ways to get them. You got to like, there's development, there's free agency, there's a draft, there's trades. Like you got to, you know, explore all your uh, options. And of course, like, you know, all like then you get the fucking daily news and the post, and they're just like, oh, yeah, like oh, Tibbs, Tibbs is like demanding they trade for a star, and it's like. You know, like I just—it just feels like everybody, and I get it. It's been what it was like nine months between games, and you know, there's a lot. Like everybody wants to see the Knicks play again, and obviously, when they play, it's much nicer when they win and the young guys play well rather than they lose and everybody looks like garbage and Randall's like spinning into triple teams. Like I understand that. It just you know, look, like I don't think every single. Thing, like needs to have a take like i don't i don't really need like you know eat, like begley tweeted out that thing yesterday about frank and i was like i mean i listened to the whole thing and i'm like okay so he said 
he heard exactly what you and Macri said, right? Like, <laughs> like, like that's like I don't know what you want. Like, does that need a take? Like, does that mean that like Frank? Like, I don't think even that take, even what you guys heard, like you weren't like Frank is buried and dead no, and like he's gone opinion. forever. Yeah, you no. were just like this is what I heard. And I'm like okay, like whatever. Um, so like I don't know. I just think everybody needs to chill out a little bit. But I, I but as far as the only things I'm like really dead set on currently, I I got to Randall that whole thing. The sooner the better. That get that fucking get guy out of here. Yeah, just get him out of here. And then, um, you know, uh, the DSJ stuff. Like, I it's just not worth it for me. Um, but hey, Randall for Will Barton, maybe he's not happy. Yeah, please. <laughs> please. Will, I'm not coming off the bench. <laughs> straight one for the other. I mean, Ooh. that's fine, man. I mean, if Will Barton wants to start for the Knicks, he he has a starting point guard spot if he wants it. <laughs> like, take yeah, it. Not? He always killed the Knicks anyway, man. Um, yeah. But, yeah, listen, I, I agree with you, man. I, I think this this is going to be a slow burn. That's how rebuilds are. Rebuilds are long-term. We're in the freaking we're, – we're in the highlight generation, man. It's hot takes, not all just off a of game, but off of clips and everything. So we, we still want that instant gratification even though um, the rebuild runs counter to it. And I think it's going to they're going to be in it for the long haul. You know, the 2021 uh, mythical free agent thing with all the capture, all that's done. All these guys are are (laughs) re-signed, locked up. Mm -hmm. And so once again, you're looking at another lackluster class. Um, So I think they're going to continue to build it lean, build it like a small, small market team. I think they'll have to make us, you know, get one or two, you know, second, third tier guys in, in next year's free agency to, to bolster the roster up a little bit. But other than that, I think this, this thing's going to come through the draft, player development, and, and see if you can, you know, make a trade or two to ultimately upgrade your team in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, they, they got to turn their players into assets. Facts. That can be true. Like, yes, obviously develop. If RJ turns into a star, if Mitch turns into like a defensive player of the year candidate, if OB is fucking, you know, modern day Stoudemire with passing or whatever. Like, yeah, all those things are great. But like, ultimately, all your young guys, just you need to make them better so that if, you know, two years from now, Devin Booker's like, yo, Chris Paul's cooked, DeAndre Ian is just. You know, I can't deal with this like wannabe Caribbean vibe and shit he's got going on. Like, like I, I, I this Caribbean like Embiid thing he's trying to do. Like, I'm out. You know, like if he's if that's like that, you get, like then like that you gotta like really put yourself in position for that stuff. And I think like that's the annoying part for fans because for us, like we're not new to the Knicks. Right. Like no. we've been following this team forever. And so like when you're like the rebuild is just starting now, you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I, like, no, no, we've been rebuilding forever. Like this, this is not, but it is, it is just starting because look, like Mills and Perry didn't, they, they took it. They took a shot. They took a big swing and they missed. All right. And once they missed, like once you trade KP, um, you know, like, the the flip side of that when you didn't get Durant and Irving was always going to be that the shit takes a long time and it's taking it's going to take a long time because we look we didn't get uh you know we we didn't get the number one pick any of these we didn't get Zion right we didn't get like we didn't get any of that so we got to do it this way and um you know we'll see how it goes like I, I think ultimately this year if you're asking me to like what would be like what would i consider a successful year if rj is like if he looks like a guy that can be you know 
25 and four or something like that, like on good efficiency. If Mitch looks like a guy who can play 28, 30 minutes a night and be a really, you know, good potential, like special defender. If Obi is just a good rookie, and I think he's going to be a good rookie. I'm, I, I'm kind of like bullish on that. And, you know, if Obi is a good rookie, then I think it opens up a lot of trade possibilities and doors for them that maybe doesn't exist in another world. But like, those are the three things more than anything that I think are, are, are the biggest, you know, th- they, they should be the primary focuses for them. And if along the way, you know, quickly or Frank or Knox or whoever the fuck, like if they get good too, sure. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess last question while you're here, while we got you, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Omari Spellman? <laughs> oh, mom, bro, man. <laughs> My man came in like he like he time traveled from the nineties. I was like, bro, what are you doing out on the court? He looked like Michael Sweetney, you know, Mo Taylor reincarnated. I was like, my man. Oh oh my god! I was like, I seen enough, man. I I seen enough of this two minutes of play. I'm like, bro, you got to get cut, man, and come back later. (laughs) What what are we doing? My man literally looked like he got teleported from like ninety seven. I'm like, bro, what are we doing here with this guy? I. There was, I don't want to say shocking, because, like, I knew he was, like, kind of out of shape. Like, right, like, already, like, coming in, just given, like, the couple years he's playing the league. Fuck, man, that shit was bad. <laughs> just going, like, I was like, it's like, come on, man. it's like, you you can't look like you're in worse shape than I am as a yeah. professional athlete. It's just, like, I'm I'm fine with the, uh, like I said, I'm fine with the big athlete, right? Like, I'm happy James Harden is, like, super fat right now, so we can... Be, so he could play his super fat man game. Like I love fat out of shape Jokic, right? Like those are fun players to me. But you can't be so bad. Like you can't be that, and then also like jack up terrible shots and then like breaking things. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't yeah. be you can't be awful and look like that at the same time. It's like come on, this ain't, this ain't you know this ain't LA Fitness. Well, it wasn't a good tryout for Mr. Spellman at all, man. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> good luck, Kate. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was. He, embarrassing i was like i can't believe this guy's a professional athlete that's so bad like your job is like it's to be in shape it is like basically to be in shape is half of your job and oh oh my god it's like you've been traded like twice already in your career you you know like come on bud (laughs) this was like a moment for him too right like like mitch came in foul trouble noel wasn't playing he's like this was his chance to like this was a chance like play because if the knicks do manage to trade randall like you would think then like spellman would get some minutes unless they're going to play Knox exclusively at the four or something like that like this was his chance and he was he was awful like just awful and i'm just like i can't believe weren't there people like advocating for him like he should be playing it's like no he should not be playing. He should. He should be I mean, on the court. I just think like, look, he shot like thirty six and a half percent from three over his first two seasons. So it's like, okay, like, and he was he was a good player at Villanova. People really liked him, and he could shoot there too. So it's like, look, he's got an intriguing skill set that would be really nice if he didn't look like Yokozuna or whatever. Like, <laughs> Like, yo, I'm like, the dude looked like Vader out there, man. Bro, <laughs> oh, Amari Spellman, come on, man. Like, that was your chance. And that's that was your chance, man. That was your chance. And and they need a player like his profile. You're saying like the theoretical player that Spellman is. Like, the Knicks actually need that guy on the roster because they don't have it. And 
oh, fuck. That was just bad. It's just like he checked in. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. This is going to be a disaster. <laughs> this is going to be a disaster. And Yo, it was a disaster. As, as soon as I saw, I couldn't believe it. Like, I actually had to, like, look. Uh, like, I I had to do a double take. So I was like, nah, they, no, he can't. I'm like, holy shit. He really, <laughs> like, damn. That is not good. He, he looked every bit like he played. Like, he like he played every bit that he looked. <laughs> oh, man, that was, that was rough. I, I hope we don't have to see Spellman again. Poor man. Poor guy. I mean, dude, just just lay off the cookies or something like that. I don't know what it is, but like whew, that's a rough one. Is that how we're ending it on a Mars talk? <laughs> Why not? Why not? I don't know. Just poor Mars. We're fucking body shaming him. What a great way to <laughs> end the podcast. You know uh, what? I'll, I'll, I'll end on this real quick. Um, it's only preseason, but RJ's efficiency from the field and the free throw line is very encouraging going into it. 7 to 16 game 1, 1 to 2 from the line, 10 to 17 game 2, 4 5 from the line, 6 to 12 game 3, 3 to 3 from the line. That's encouraging, man. That that's definitely encouraging considering really, the year he had last year. So it really I'm, is because the uh, the the three-point shooting is the only thing that's actually keeping the percentages like not being yeah. more efficient too, right? Because yeah. if you take out I think he went 1 for 4 last night. So it's just like, oh, he was hyper efficient yeah. from inside the line. It's just like, oh, okay. It's just like that's Tony man I'm just happy to see RJ looking like how I think he was going to be. Exactly. Right? I just, I just, that's been encouraging. So, uh, CP, do you want to plug anything? Um, YouTube.com slash KnicksFanTV, man. Live after every game, every breaking news. Uh, look out for, you know, player interviews, coaching interviews, and, and the like. KnicksFanTV.com also up and running. And, um, yeah, that's it, man. I definitely appreciate the time, fellas. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. No, we always appreciate you hopping on, especially this is your this is your first time on our yeah, show, which is first awesome. time on the Strickland. Shout out my guy Alex Wolf as well. Everybody at the Strickland, um, love what you guys do. You guys have a ton of writers, uh, very insightful, and and um, yeah, keep up the good work, bro. Man, fuck Thank Alex Schwinn. What do you? Uh, what do you got to plug? <laughs> uh, I got nothing to plug. I do want to plug that Julius Randall uh, is the worst fucking cutter ever. <laughs> and anybody who thinks he's a good cutter can fuck off um i would like to plug that julius randall is an average cutter and he made one good cut in a preseason game he's literally never made a good cut in his entire life and he sucks butt i hate it so i'm plugging that i'm gonna plug julius randall's one good cut in the uh in the offseason and um Nick's, please trade him if uh, you know Steve. Now nah, I was gonna say steve mills if you're listening i mean if, if you still have influence that's great but uh scott perry uh, Leon Rose, if you're listening right now, man, trade him for anything. No, I will just anything. take a terrible expiring contract for him. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah, who it is. It doesn't matter what it is. If you need to attach seven first round picks, I I wouldn't like. I wouldn't approve. But you know what? I get it. Just get them off, man. Like it's over. Like let's just stop this. That's our show. See you till Monday.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.